Hey folks, uh, Joe Morris with Answers Heaven Speaks. I'm going to have to keep this uh, around me for a while because uh, about two days ago I came down with some chills and uh, then the next morning I woke up with a terrible cough and uh, I've got that stupid cough again. I've talked to some people uh, just out and about and uh, believe it or not I take, uh, I take my mask with me. Um, and that's for me to protect others from myself. <laughs> so people think I'm kind of goofy looking by wearing a mask, but you know, I had to go get my glasses the other day and I didn't want to cough in anybody's face. Uh, I went to the bank. I didn't want to cough in anybody's face. And uh, even into the 7-Eleven, people look at me funny. They go, what? what? what's he wearing a mask for? But it's, it's for me to protect others from myself. And that's it. So I've got a cold and uh, just kind of run down a little bit. And I'm heading off to uh, Mexico tomorrow. So I think I'm going to get there in time for me to do my normal, normal show. And we're going to continue on with the ongoing chronological story of Jesus. But on Sundays, I like to take a step back because we spend Monday through Friday going over uh, that story, that chronological story. And where Jesus is right now is he's, uh, he's heading back to uh, Bethany uh, to see his friend Lazarus, uh, who has apparently died. And uh, we haven't got to that point yet. We've got to the point where he is just arriving to talk to Mary and Martha. But over this past week, he's been traveling a little bit with his 72 evangelists, and he's been um, pretty much staying on top of the 72, but he would have nightly discourses, and then he would be healing people. But it always seemed like he was healing people in front of the Pharisees, like he was always trying to, to prove something to them. It's like they wanted, they wanted him to be the Messiah, but... They wanted him to be a powerful Messiah, the one that would kill all their enemies and not just heal people. And Jesus said, this is not my world. This, this is not my fold. I have, I have others in my fold in other worlds. So while he's down here doing his thing, we, we went over this, uh, his seven incarnations this week. I didn't think it was it uh, last weekend or sometime this week. I can't remember now. But he had seven incarnations because Michael is the creator of our universe. So everything that is in the universe has been created by him and his associates. Um, I think they call them the material sons, the material sons, which are what Adam and Eve were. Uh, they were material sons and daughters, and basically what they were, were they, they were scientists for like 150,000 years. And before they came down as the uh, Adam and Eve, and apparently every planet gets, gets a material son and daughter, an Adam and an Eve. And they may not look like us, they might, they might look like us, they might not, but whatever creatures that can have thought can have a soul 
And I don't think that means necessarily the animals, but that's for another discussion because we're never quite sure exactly how that goes. Uh, Marissa and I are under the belief that that souls can originate in mammals like whales and, and uh, wolves, uh, seals, dolphins, and that they have a higher calling, that they eventually want to become human, human souls. So it's something that we go back and forth with, uh, we being Marissa and I, and uh, not quite sure if Marissa's going to make it in today. I was hoping she would, but... She's going to the uh, Las Vegas Knights uh, hockey game tonight. I think it starts just about the time I'm starting here. And so she might pop in to say hello, but I doubt seriously if she's going to be doing any channeling today. Uh, but I really just wanted to go over these passages in the Bible that, that correspond to the story. And it's, it's very hard to do because... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John jump around. They, they jump around. And what happened in the early going of the ministry, all of a sudden there's a parable that, that Jesus puts out there, but that's a parable that occurs a year after that. And then they come back to something at the beginning of the ministry again. It's, it's very tough. It's very tough to keep it all in chronological order. So I'm going to do my best, and uh, we're not going to get into anything uh, of the world. Uh, and I can't remember doing this one. Uh, Jesus heals the blind and the mute. And I really can't remember. They, that might still be yet to come, but it's, it comes in a time in Matthew. Matthew, uh, let's see, what is this? Matthew 10, I think. Was it Matthew 9? Matthew 9, and that takes us way back to the beginning of the ministry, but I don't remember him uh, healing two men, uh, two blind men. And so that may still yet to come, yet they've got it back there. I mean, if I read from the beginning of, of chapter 9, uh, he'd be talking about the wedding feast. And that was when he had turned the water into wine. But let me just go through the end of, uh, we'll go as far as I, I can here today. Not in the best of health to do this, but uh, let's, let's do it anyway. So, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am? Do you believe that I am? Do you believe that I am the I am? And I am able to do this. Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. But then Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and they spread the news about him all over the region. And while they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed and they said, 
Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. So here's the Pharisees again. The Pharisees that want to arrest him. They want to stone him. They want to kill him. Because he's kind of breaking up their little fiefdom. I would say fiefdom. They're all following their 613 rules from the Old Testament. And they just don't like Jesus coming in and simplifying things. So this is verse 34 from uh, Matthew 9. But the Pharisees said it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Then Jesus says, he went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God wants more and more sowers, and that's kind of what I feel like I am. I'm, I'm a sower, and I feel like I'm just dropping seeds, and I'm hoping that it falls in good soil, if we all remember the, uh, the parable of the sower. It's not always going to fall in good seeds. There may be people who are watching this uh, progress, of Jesus' life, and I've been doing it since May now. And we haven't even gotten up to him being arrested in Jerusalem yet. But it's such a good story. It's a great story. And as I've told many people, you may only watch 15 seconds of this show. You may watch one minute, two minutes, three minutes, because my shows are always an hour. Lately, with Marissa coming in and doing channeling, they've been going beyond that about an hour and 20 minutes. But there's always going to be something in these lessons that's going to touch your heart. Something is going to come up just when you need it. So I will continue on. I will be the sower. I will be the sower of seeds. And all I can hope for is that it falls in good soil and, and that... Uh, those who receive the message will go out and be sowers themselves a hundredfold. So, okay, let's see if we can get this silly computer working. Okay, that was, uh, that was Matthew 9. Let's, let's go to Matthew 10. Let's, let's see what's happening in Matthew 10. And then we'll jump over to Luke. Luke has it in a little bit more chronological order. Basically, what, what we kind of understand is that Mark was the historian, so to speak. He's the one that would write a lot of things down. And the apostles would ask him to write th certain things down. And then when it came time for the Gospels to be written by Matthew and, and John and Luke, um, they took a lot of notes. They took a lot of notes from Mark. And that's why I think when they put it together, they didn't, they didn't put it together in a chronological order. Probably more of a subjective order, like they would pile up all the parables at one time and they'd pile up all the, 
all the healings uh, at one time. The mysterious healings. Let's see what uh, let's see what Matthew ten says. Jesus sends out the twelve. Now Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He gave the same sermon to the seventy-two, and that's why I wanted to come back to this. He says, these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Yeah, the, the Alpheus twins are uh, James and Thaddeus. And they're, they're sort of like bouncers. They don't go out and, and minister. They just kind of keep order. I'm going to jump over that. I'm going to go up to the next one. Because he goes way back to the beginning. Then he jumps all the way up to where, where he's in Jerusalem. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say. I think that was the one thing that I kind of like to see uh, as I was preparing for today is because it just seems all week long Jesus was saying don't worry about it don't worry about it I don't know what he's referring to I think I have my own ideas but he's trying to tell us to tell everybody don't worry about it because if you worry you'll have fear and we've since learned that fear is the Antichrist it doesn't necessarily mean that Antichrist means evil. What Jesus was telling us through Marissa's channelings this week was that the Antichrist is fear because you don't have trust. So in a way, that's being Antichrist. He says, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. <clears throat> and this is another another lesson that uh, that I've given on my own accord. And if you're ever going into a uh, a job interview, or you're going in for a final exam, if you're a student, I always tell people that I know before you go into a stressful situation, just very quickly give your will over to the Father. Say, Father, I give you my will, that your will be done. Please take over my mouth and take over my mind. And that's it. You can also ask for the Holy Spirit to come within you. And that's it, doesn't take long. You can say that prayer as you're walking in the door. And you'll be amazed just absolutely amazed when you come out of that meeting what actually transpired. 
and you'll realize that you aren't speaking your words you're speaking the father's words for you and that's what Jesus is telling him don't worry don't worry the father will speak through you so Jesus goes on he says brother will betray brother to death and a father his child children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death you'll be hated by everyone because of me but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved and when you are persecuted in one place flee to another for truly I tell you you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes he is the Son of Man Jesus goes on he says the student is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and the servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? So don't be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. For what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care? And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. And whoever acknowledges me before others will also acknowledge, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whosoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Whenever I get to parts like that, I, I, I there's two lessons that he gives us. Two lessons that take up everything. You know, the Ten Commandments, everything. Everything's rolled up into one, and that's give your will over to the Father. Love Him with all your heart and soul. And the other one is to love your neighbor as yourself. But then I see what Jesus says. He says, if somebody disowns me, well, to hell he goes. I could see that being the case if we would call it iniquity. If you accepted Christ and you walked a Christ life and looked through Christ's eyes and then turned around and disowned him, that is iniquity. And that's when Jesus is saying, to hell with you. But it still kind of gets me because, uh, well, we've also learned that Jesus says to pray for him. Pray for people who are evil and dastardly and do things bad to you. You're not supposed to return evil for evil. You're supposed to return good for evil. You know, bake them a cake. Say a prayer. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. It's Jesus. Because I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but... I'm bringing a sword. 
for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Wow. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I've got a seven-year-old and I love that girl to death. Just to death. Put me in front of a firing squad to stop the bullets from going to her. So I may be guilty of that myself. He says, anyone who loves their son or daughter, this is again Matthew. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We did a channeling once and it was at a time back in the early 2000s, the, the mid-teen 2000s and there were a lot of things going on in the world and, and ISIS had come in and, and was doing some terrible, terrible things. And they would have people on their knees, ISIS would have people on their knees and with a cloak over their head and they would tell them to convert, convert to Muhammad. And if they didn't, if they continued to profess Jesus over Muhammad, off went their heads. So we were in a session once and I asked Marissa, I asked Jesus, I said, what good does that do? I mean, seriously, what good does that do? And I may have this wrong, but Jesus told us, you don't have to be a martyr for me. Because if your head is missing, you're gone. Yes, you'll be with me in paradise. But maybe if you hang around and find a way to rebut what you say, and proclaim me from the housetops, the rooftops. That is better than being martyred. So this kind of goes a little bit against what, what we, we've had in our own channeling sessions. And I think if Marissa was here, I would ask her about that. She might be listening, but I'm checking to see if she comes on. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me should be the father. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that that person will certainly not lose their reward. That was Matthew 10. I got some footnotes, but I don't think it really matters. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the footnotes. So let's go over to Luke. That's going to fit in a little bit more. If Marissa was to come in, I'll come back to uh, Matthew 10 and ask her very specifically uh, to Jesus. Is it true that if I love my daughter, if I put my daughter over Christ, does that mean I go to hell? Let's go to uh, Luke 10. And this is when he sends, uh, sends out the 72. And, and this is something that we covered this week. Uh, Jesus sent out the 72. And then he went down to, Jesus went down to Pella and let the 72 go do their thing. Uh, way up around Galilee. Uh, Pella is about halfway between uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee and uh, Jerusalem. So they set up a camp in Pella and then uh, David Zebedee was there and he left his 12 apostles there. Actually, he left 10 of them there uh, because he took two with him and he went to the Feast of the Tabernacles and the Feast of the Dedication. And each one... Jesus would do miracles and he'd do them in the presence he would do them in the presence of the Pharisees he kept doing that in front of the Pharisees yet the Pharisees would come back and say you're, you're the prince of the devils which is very strange so Jesus sends out the 72 and after this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This cuts right back into what we just read in Matthew, in Matthew 8. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew 9. We're in Luke 10. So go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves don't take a purse or a, a bag or sandals and don't greet anyone on the road when you enter a house why? do not greet anyone on the road when you enter a house first say peace to this house if someone who promotes peace is there your peace will rest on them if not it will return to you Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come. He has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, here we go again. About the whole neighbor thing. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even if the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you, yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you have been performed in Tyre and Sidon. If you remember, he went up to Tyre and Sidon, which was up in Phoenicia, which is, I think, modern-day Lebanon. Parts of it might be Syria, uh, but I think it's Lebanon. And 
when he was up in Tyre and Sidon, he didn't come across Jews. He came across Gentiles. And the Gentiles were more open to his teaching than were the, uh, were the Jews. The Jews were just sending and packing. So he says, if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have reopened, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Chorazin, Bethsaida, both of them up there in, in the Galilee area. Also Capernaum. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the, to the heavens? No. You will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall. He fell like lightning from heaven. That was when he was up on Mount Hebron, remember? Just when he was, uh, just after he was baptized uh, from John the Baptist. And now he's speaking to them again. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy for nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Jesus again says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So then he turned to his disciples and he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you're seeing now, but they did not see it. And to hear what you hear now, but they did not hear it. Those guys are so lucky. They just didn't know how lucky they were. And we had this in our, our teachings uh, this week. Uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And then he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he's repeating Jesus' message. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Now do this, and you will live. Keeping my eyes open, just in case Marissa wants to come popping in. I don't think she has battery. I got a notice on my phone. Tell Marissa that she's only got 8% left. So she's probably probably not even being able to follow this but that's okay if she didn't come in today I'll find a way to ask that question about what was in Matthew 9 uh, tomorrow when we get together I'll be down in Mexico 
But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus again, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, tells the story. He says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's kind of where he is right now in our story. He's in Jericho, which is just north of, of the city of Jerusalem. And he's got to get to Bethany, so he's got to go through Jerusalem uh, to get down to Bethany, which is on the other side of Jerusalem. That's where Lazarus is. So uh, he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. And they stripped him of all his clothes. This is a story Jesus is telling. And they beat him and they went away, away, leaving him half dead. And then a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he just walked over on the other side of the street and walked on by. And then so too a Levite. A Levite is the highest form of... That is the highest you can be in the Jewish faith. A Levite is a priest. And they come from the time of Moses. Because one of Moses' brothers, not Aaron, but his brother Levi, was given the solemn duty of his family lineage would forever be ministers. They would be the chief priests. So Levites are looked upon very highly. But so too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side as well. But then a Samaritan, as he traveled, Jews hate Samaritans because they're half-breeds. They're half-breeds. Samaritans have half-Jew, half-something else, half-Gentile. And in a way, that's, that was Paul. Paul was half-Jew. His, his mother was Jewish. His father was not. His father was a Roman guard or he was something high in the Roman order. So Paul was a Roman, but he was also Greek, which is what his mother was. And he learned from the, from the Greek philosophers of his day. But he too could have been called a Samaritan because he was half, half Gentile, half, half Jew. And the Jews don't like the Samaritans. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? So the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now he's at the home of Martha and Mary. We got two occasions in the last week to two weeks where Jesus had come to Martha and Mary's assistance. Uh, That's where we are in the main story right now because Martha and Mary have sent one of David's messengers to Jesus to let him know that Lazarus has died. But 
prior to that, they knew he was somewhere around town, and, and Mary and Martha and Lazarus are actually rich. They have a lot of uh, vineyards. Uh, the parents were well off, and uh, but the parents have since died. So they're looked upon very heavily uh, by other people in the town of Bethany as, uh, as upright, upstanding people. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. It's funny how Luke mentions her as just another woman because she was actually Mar Martha of uh, Lazarus. And then uh, Luke goes on. She said, he says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Again, Luke is like a reporter. Um, he's also a doctor. And in our own books, in the eight greatest authors, excuse me, I've got an itchy nose. Um, in the eight greatest authors, we interviewed each of the authors of the New Testament. And Luke was a, like a journalist. He never... I won't say never. I think once he saw Jesus and, and he looked upon Jesus and thought he was a fake. He just thought he was a fake. And then he, uh, then he came around to Jesus, maybe through Paul, because Paul became a friend of his. And, and so when Luke is talking about Martha and Mary, he doesn't have that first-hand experience of being with Jesus when Jesus would visit the Lazarus Lazarus's home. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Can you please tell her to help me? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That is such a simplified version of what took place. And, and in the Arantia book, it was, it was far more extensive. Uh, so let's get to uh, Luke 11. Let's see what happens in Luke 11. Let me see if I get my music back on here again. Video paused. Continue watching. Yeah, there we go. When I was a disc jockey, I used to, way back, many, 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 many years ago, in my 20s, early 20s, I was a disc jockey after I got out of the Army. And I always like to have some background music behind me. And uh, it's a little bit more difficult on Facebook because if you're using music from a... Uh, from a known artist, then they'll just, they'll silence you. They'll silence you because that, those break into ASCAP rules. It's almost like stealing people's music is what it is. Uh, but what we're doing right now is we're listening to something that is just uh, water running and, and somebody putting chords on, a, on an organ. Chords, water. And that's what this whole world is about is water. Jesus talks about it too. He says he is the living water. 
I mean, we are what? 70% water? Our bodies? The earth is 70% water. Water is very important. And there's a lot of feng shui in, in uh, water as well. Uh, the trickling of water. If any of you have ever gotten into feng shui, um, it, it's, it's something that the Japanese use a lot. And they, it's to promote um, healing and, and energy. And that is the sound of trickling water. That's feng shui. So we're getting a little feng shui here. I don't know if you can hear it or not. So Luke 11, Jesus' teaching on prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now that's not the complete... In fact, I think the King James uh, added something on at the end. So what's the actual Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Some people use the word Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think I might have left part of that out. Let me do that again. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That part was added. That part was added, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That was added on long after Constantine. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. If you learn nothing else, if you have, I feel so silly sometimes doing this because I just wasn't a good Christian. I wasn't a good guy. And, you know, you, you find a lot of people who like go to jail or whatever. They become Christians and then you know that they're murderers or they're people who caused murder or caused death or a great deal of consternation by stealing, thieving, what have you. 
And then all of a sudden they get into jail and they're speaking about Christ. You go, what came over this person? Well, we've had a lot of sessions on that, Marissa and I. And in Marissa's channeling, people swap out their souls. The souls just say, you know what? I don't want to be in this person anymore. He doesn't listen to me. And then another soul who sees the challenge goes into, into that person. But then again, that kind of mixes with our ever ongoing personality. Our personality and our consciousness stays with us forever. So when a soul switches out, do we still keep our personality and, and our consciousness? It's a hard thing to say. So I say to you, ask, and it will be, for, it will be given to you. So if you have Christ in your heart, you can ask him. And he said, you can move mountains with your faith. I don't think I've ever seen anybody move a mountain. I'm not sure if even Jesus moved a mountain. But he says you could with faith in him. He says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. In the Arantia book, he said, I am the door. Jesus says, I am the door. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. So now Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. Did we just we just had that? Or was that the blind men we just had in Matthew? But some of them, obviously Pharisees and people who support the Pharisees and the Sadducees, said by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, quote, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. That's the way I feel like our whole United States is now. We're so divided. Our house is so divided. really a shame. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you followers drive them out? By whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. <coughs> Excuse me. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and 
divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places, seeking rest, and doesn't find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I just left. In other words, that evil spirit wants to go back to the person who housed him in the first place. But Jesus drove him out. So Jesus goes on, he says, when it arrives, it finds the house is all swept clean and put in order. Jesus says, help them. Rid themselves of that evil spirit and cleaned up their house, cleaned up their body, cleaned up their minds. But now these evil spirits are tricky. Then it goes and it takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and they live there again. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and who suckled. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So as the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. We could say the same thing about today. This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jonah. For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. Who was the Queen of the South at that time? Who was it? Sheba? Uh, who was the other queen? Who was the other queen? I'm thinking of the movie with uh, uh, with Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Cleopatra. Cleopatra. That's in Egypt. So Egypt is south. South and west of Jerusalem. So he may have been referring to Queen Sheba, or may have been to um, Cleopatra? I don't know. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. I think we're still going to get into Jonah again because I don't remember him talking about Jonah. Well, in a way, I kind of remember in the early going, he was giving the story of Jonah. And he said, even if it isn't true, the lesson is still true. So Jesus gets into the lamp of the body. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. I see a light here. Let's see if Marissa is going to come in and say hi. Let me do this. Okay, I'm going to prove. Send light. Let's see if.
I think she just wanted to come in and say hello. So let me keep on going until uh, Marissa pops in here. Oh, there she is. Hi. Are you? Are you? Really at, loud. Are I you just want to say end? hi. Okay, great. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some questions. Oh wow, look at that. Let me see if I can hear you. I'm I'm going away from the stands. We're at, after the first quarter. Oh, the first quarter's already over. There we go. I don't know if I can hear you. Oh, that's okay. Oh, can, can you can hear, hear me right yeah. now? Okay. Um, there's some things I do want to ask you. Uh, remind me to go back to uh, Matthew nine. Okay. Tomorrow. What about it? Because because there's uh, there's something in there I want to talk to you okay. about. And uh, it's about loving your children. If you don't, if you love your children more than you do Christ, then basically you're sent, you're sentenced to hell. Seriously? And I just, yeah. Well, so I, I, that's that's what Matthew said. It's true. And I don't want to go against Christ. It's yeah, they're true. saying if it's true because if you love your children more than if you love your children more than Christ, then you're not living in Christ consciousness. You're not living with morals and standards and humility. And then you'll do anything for your kid, which means you're going to do things like bribe schools to get your kids in. I mean, that's not the right thing to do. That doesn't help them. doesn't help you. It may help on the surface, but Christ is all about the inside of us and in living whole and in truth. And we're not living in our truth if we're, you know, like, uh, what, what's her name? The one that, that, that took that one lady's knee out. Um, Nancy Kerrigan's mom or whatever. The one that hurt here. Yeah. And so they're yeah. saying that by living in Christ, you don't do things like that. So you need to love Christ first and be in your Christ body. Otherwise. Yeah, because he talks about the children all the time. To love the children. Be as, as, uh, as uh, what's the word he uses? Innocent like a child? Not timid. Innocent. Innocent. He always wants us to be innocent like a child. So. Okay. Well, I think I will read that part anyway. Just remind me. And uh, that's a good lesson to learn. I think you've answered my question. The guys were trying to channel when I was well, watching well, the game, and I kept hearing, what we'd like to say is, what we'd like to say. And I was like, guys, wait. I'm trying to oh, watch the game. And they're, what we'd like oh, to say, no. what we'd like to say. I said, Jeff, oh. I think I'm going to go up and go stand in the stairwell and listen to Papa's show because the guys keep trying to talk. And then Madison and Matthew both looked at me and said, Mommy, Mommy, there's a video game playing. They said something like, you're supposed to be playing you're supposed to get out of the video game. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, this is just a video game. They both said that to me. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, wow. why are you guys saying this? And they said, this is just a video game, mommy. Wow. You have to stay out of the video game. So obviously they were hearing wow. the guides talking too, but they don't think it's weird when they hear the guides talk. They just like, will say whatever they're hearing and it'll seem so random and weird to us, but they're constantly connected to the guides. They hear everything, you know, from the other side. But it was funny wow. that they said that about the video game. Ah, nice little quiet corner. I here. always, I always, I always said I, I'm perfectly happy to not hear them, but sometimes I wish it's I kind could. Of a, it's very annoying when they, they, they would freak, they like, freak what me we'd out. like to say, what we'd like to say, what we'd like to say, what we'd like to say, like over and over. For those of you that don't know, when the guys want to talk, they say, what we would like to say is, and then they go on and usually I listen, but if I don't listen to them and I don't relay the messages that I'm getting, they just say what we'd like to say over and over and over and over and over until I go crazy and listen to them. <laughs> So, wow. It's pretty. This this game's pretty cool. Though. Well, I'm okay, glad. You go ahead and hurry. I'm gonna go ahead and hit yeah, mute, but I'm gonna be listening, okay?
Yeah, I've only got a few more minutes. Okay, I just wanted to say hi. Today. Well, actually, how about I just say bye and you guys have a good... Oh, Matthew's already calling me to tell me to come back. Okay, well, I'm going to go back down there with them. You better go. You guys have a good night. At least the guides got to answer one question. Then right. tomorrow we'll have a lot to channel because the guides will not shut up. I'll just tell the guides we'll be... Okay. So tomorrow at four. Right? Or five, right? Yeah, five here. It'll be six o'clock my time in Mexico. I'll be in Mexico. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Papa. Okay. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Yeah, I get up real I'll early. Be... Okay. Listen. Have a good Have a good time at the uh, at the hockey game, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Oh, for everyone to see Thanks, Kiko. Yeah. Go ahead and leave your out. All right, guys. Okay. Signing off from Vegas. Go Knights. Go. Okay. Go Knights. Go. Bye, Marissa. There she goes. Okay, good. I'm glad Marissa came in. And uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, I would do anything for my daughters, for my children. But what good is it if I don't have Christ first? So I guess it makes sense. Jesus always clears everything up. He makes things so much more understandable. So let's do it that way. Let's finish up with, uh, with Luke. Jesus says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. So see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Woe on the Pharisees and the experts in the law. And this we did have to this week. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus didn't even wash his hands first. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness right to their faces no wonder they wanted to stone him he says you foolish people did not the one who made the outside also make the inside as well but now as for what is inside you be generous be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you boy you got to be really careful with that because that guy that's panhandling on the, on the off-ramp of the freeway, that's not the poor. I've watched them put their sign back into their shirt and go in and step into a brand-new Mercedes or a brand-new Ford F-150 truck. You know, those are just con artists, con artists. If you're going to help the poor, know who it is you're helping. Sometimes you can give to organizations that you think are going to help the poor, but they don't. It just goes into salaries. And in a way, that's the way I feel anyway about my churches, you know, because we're supposed to tithe. You know, that's, that's God's admonition to us to help support the church, support the church. But when you look at their financial statements and you find that they haven't done anything but help themselves with salaries, more lavish furnishings, artwork, more 
instruments for the band, but they're not tithing themselves to the poor. And it's very hard for me to tithe to that. I'd rather get Christ's words out and make this become an advertisement and give my tithing to, this sounds terrible. It's like the Facebook church. But my churches don't send out their words to the world. They keep it within their own little groups, their own little groups. And yes, they may link their shows, their sermons out to Facebook, but they don't boost them out. They don't boost them out so that thousands and thousands of people can see their message. They'd rather buy some more coffee. So let's finish up with Jesus. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint and you rue and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. And woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. Again, this is Luke. Luke 11, I think. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you, you're insulting us. And Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. And I worked in law for a while. And boy, take the lawyer out of the law office and they become human. Put them in their talking clothes And all they have is a knife and it goes straight into your back because they're going to try to use all your money in depositions and in discovery and this, that, and the other. And they, they push on their the case so that it, it gets postponed and then they can bill you some more and bill you some more and bill you some more. But once you run out of money, they're not going to help you. Not unless you went in on a contingency basis uh, where they get a third or 40% of whatever the, whatever the win is. But if you're paying an attorney for something, I don't know where you can find an honest one anymore. They're probably out there, but even the friends I had in law, I just, I hate to speak about them that way. Because they were friends, but at the same time, I abhorred the way they treated people. So woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. Isn't that what the Jews did? Every time a prophet came along, they'd throw him in prison or kill them. And then they'd go, oops, oops, we shouldn't have done that. Let's build a tomb. Let's build a shrine to that prophet. Then another prophet comes along and they go, kill him, kill him. And then they go, oops, we shouldn't have done that. And they're doing the same doggone thing with Jesus. And he knows it. 
So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets. And then you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. From the blood of Abel, Cain and Abel, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, one of the prophets, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Boy, the way the world is going now. Boy, oh boy, we're going to be held responsible. I mean, the evil that's been going on in our world for the last two, three years has just been insane. Insane. Jesus goes on, he says, woe to you extra. I'm going to wrap up here. We're going to finish up with, uh, with Luke. I've gone a little long. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. And when Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting, just waiting to catch him in something that he might say. Jesus has them pegged. He knows. Well, let's put it this way. The creator of our entire universe had to have way more brain power than the average human being at that time. And Jesus had the, the means to connect directly with the Father so he could heal people. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to wear my mask on a plane tomorrow so that if I cough, I'm not going to cough on anybody. So anyway, um, that's our Sunday lesson for today. Um, I like to get into the scriptures, uh, mostly the Gospels. The scriptures are Old Testament, Gospels are the New Testament. But I, I kind of, tr I'm trying to prove that what we're learning in the Arantia book is we're getting a lot of the backstory, but we're getting the main stories that are also being told in the New Testament. I just say that the New Testament is sort of like a Reader's Digest. It's, it's compressed. It's all compressed. And there's just so much more. And I like to get into that more. And uh, that's what we do. For whatever reason, God wants me to do this. And we are finally, after 11 years, Marissa and I have been doing this. After 11 years, we're finally, finally on the path to get, we're on the path to bridge Christianity and spirituality. That is what our intent is. Because Christians, when we got started, would just go, oh, Joe, you're, you're, you're on a slippery slope to hell. And spiritualists are going, oh, no, I don't want to hear. I don't, I don't want to hear about Jesus. What about my soul? What about my spirit? What about my ascended masters? But it's all nothing. It's all nothing without Christ. Because... Our Christ, from the eternal Son, is the creator of our entire universe. Our telescope can almost see, the James Webb telescope can almost see the beginning of our universe now. 
But what surprises are they going to find when they realize there's now another 35,000 universes out beyond this one? And they all have a creator. And they're all Michaels. And they're all sons of the eternal son. The eternal son. And the eternal son is Christ. So the eternal son can put his spirit into all of his Michaels. And when Jesus came down and he transferred out his spirit, he transferred out his soul. He had a, a uh, uh, he had a very high soul. He had an ascended master who was guiding him through his life. And then when he was baptized, he said the master left and in came Christ. So all the ministry came when Jesus housed the soul of Christ, Christ himself. We don't know how they do that. We really don't. But we have to go by faith that we're all children of God. And he's only trying to teach us the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And that's to do the will of the Father. Love the Father with all your heart and soul. Because when you do that, you're connected. You're connected. The extension cord has been plugged in. And now you're going to be guided by spirit. Your soul is going to guide you, but the spirit has your plan. And that plan is something that you derived yourself. You planned it yourself. You planned what you wanted this life to be. Whether it's in an aborigine or an elite of the elite. It's such a shame to watch people who want fame and power to just give away their souls. They give away their souls for fame and fortune. It's too bad. So anyway, I'm Joe Morris with uh, Answers Heaven Speaks. And uh, I thank you very much for joining me on a Sunday. Um, I know it's football season. My chargers were off today. Hi, Julian. Thanks for coming in. Marissa, yes, yes, we talked to you. Oh, you're saying I'm here, I'm here. Amy, thank you, Amy. Mary Jane uh, and Amy, uh, Mary Jane, rather, and Amy and Rachel and Catherine and Monica and Carmen. Julie again, Sylvia, oh my gosh, a lot of you came in today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm a little bit down today because I got a cold. I picked up a cold. And I got a stupid cough now. That cough, it takes me forever to get rid of it. Anyway, listen, go enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And thank you, everybody, that took me in live today. And then thank you to all those who come on later, those who come on later and are trying to follow this story because it's a great story things may be going really haywire in our world real soon they may I don't want to bring in fear to anybody but just be prepared be prepared because things could go haywire have some food have some some uh, currency have some water um, for those of you who have weapons best to have some ammunition uh, have some duct tape uh, you'll need that. And um, have some medicines. Uh, stock up on your medicines. Because if things go haywire pretty soon, we're all going to feel it. We're all going to feel it. And the evil among us are going to want to take your possessions. So just protect yourself. Maybe have a place. If things go haywire, find a place you can drive to.
and be outside of the city about 150 miles. Um, that should only be about seven or eight gallons of gasoline out of your car uh, if you have a newer car. But I'm just telling you, be prepared. Just be prepared. And be prepared, but pray that nothing terrible will happen to the world. And that's the best we can do. And Jesus said the other day, uh, Marissa said, he's got our back. And I think he's referring to those who love him and have accepted him. He's got your back. So take him in. Take the Father in with you. All right. Joe Morris answers Heaven Speaks. Have a great Sunday. And uh, I'm going to be on an airplane tomorrow heading back down to Mexico. I get to see Tawny and Drew again. Oh, God. This two weeks went by really fast. But that's normally what I do. Uh, I come back to the United States for a couple weeks to be with Marissa and to see my grandkids. And, uh, and then I go back. But I really miss Drew and Tawny. But it'll be, uh, it'll be so nice to see him tomorrow. So anyway, you guys take care. And God willing, I'll be back here again tomorrow at the same time. Same place. All right. So take care. Good evening.